0: Hello and welcome to the Football Index podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the last three episodes while I was away on holiday and today I'm joined by Ollie Price Bates. Uh, got quite a big Twitter account and got a bit of abuse on about the tweet that he was going to join, but hopefully you guys receive this podcast a bit more warmly than you did that tweet. So, Holly, how you? Holly. Ollie, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, um feeling like there's a there's an army ready to pounce on anything bad I say, but apart from that, yeah. Um good, thank you.
0: Good stuff. And uh, how long have you been on Football Index? And tell us a bit about your journey so far on on the platform.
1: Um, So I guess I finally decided to join about three months ago. Um, I I was aware of the index, but I'd never sort of taken it too seriously. I I, I wasn't sure how sort of professional the platform was. Um, And eventually, I guess I I had a bit of disposable income, so I wanted to look at it in more detail. Did did a lot of research before I sort of put any money in, um, and then yeah, about three months ago deposited uh, a fair amount, um, and I had gone through. I, I joined at a very good time, I think. Um, we've obviously had the couple of deposit bonuses and um, a lot of new members join in, new territories and stuff. So yeah, a really good journey so far.
0: Joined just as the boom started, huh? But what, why don't you give us a bit of a, a background about yourself, more about what you've done in the past?
1: Yeah, so. Um, I guess a lot of what I do has gone through my Twitter account. So, about five years ago, I probably started uh, this Twitter account. Um, sort of spoke about transfer news and Arsenal football really, um, and just grew a following on there. Um, I've started to write for uh, the likes of Metro and Scorker at times um, and create my own website as well called fresharsenal.com. So, that's just a, a Arsenal blog. Uh, me and a couple of other Arsenal fans occasionally put a few articles up there um, and now I'm writing for Football Index as well.
0: So did, were you a trader before you started writing Football Index
1: or was, was this after? Yeah, so I think my first article was about a month ago. So I sort of got my feelers in on the platform, saw how it works, uh, wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about, I guess, before I started telling people what what I thought about players and things. But um yeah, I, I got in contact with um, the marketing guys there and that seems really good. Um, and yeah, doing sort of a weekly blog at the moment. A lot of it's Arsenal-focused and that's because I guess a lot of my following are Arsenal fans. So we want to try and sort of capture them as best mm-hmm. possible.
0: What made you so keen on the platform? I guess you, you said you'd watched it for a couple of years or so, but what was the what was the moment where you decided, okay, you know f*** all this I'm gonna I'm gonna put some money into football index
1: I think I think I was doing some research on who scored um and sort of looking quite in depth at people's stats for some an article I was writing and and then I sort of just had another snoop at it and I think it was looking a bit better than when I'd last sort of had a real look at it um and then it just intrigued me really and I started to think you know this is a good way to sort of make make money off individual players. I think that's the unique thing about it, which really attracted me because, you know, with standard betting, all you can do is bet on goal scorers maybe, but in terms of sort of overall performance, and I like the fact um, you can do research on players as well, because I do a lot of that for writing that I do. So the fact that you could make money on, on a player that you've, you know, found that has a potential on the platformer is what really sort of attracted me, I guess. I think that advertising on who scored is very clever because I guess a lot of people are in my situation when they go and look at the stats um, and then come across it.
0: A quick one, actually, it's a slight tangent. And you mentioned that you've been writing for the Metro beforehand. And in the last episode, we did kind of a media buzz special where we talked about uh, media buzz and and what gets accredited and what doesn't, Uh, and we talked a bit about how potentially or there could be a potential for some gaming from writers or editors and how much more regulated or harder is it to do that than maybe the perception is from the outside in do you, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah so all I would say is from my experience of, of journalism you don't tend to choose what the article title is um, that's normally done by people that aren't actually writing it um but then you could say i guess that those people that choose the headlines could have things invested in those players. so it is a tricky one um and i listened to when you chatted about that the other day i'm not sure how football index can sort of tackle it but yeah in, in terms of the writers themselves they don't tend to choose what exactly the headlines look like it's uh it's sort of a specialist team to adjust that um to make it as optimized as
0: possible Mm, mm, interesting so uh maybe some sort of uh ban for that whole team or something like that is the only thing i can think of but um and and speaking of your kind of perception of the product that we we touched on earlier what was your perception of the product in in general maybe two years ago compared to what it is now
1: when you started investing yeah i think just so much of this and it's trust isn't it i mean if you can get traders trust in in the company Um, they're going to be more willing to invest their money and for me three months ago they gained my trust which they hadn't managed to do when I'd looked at the platform before I'm not sure exactly what that was I mean a lot of it was probably uh, you know that I wasn't really aware of that they were doing but just overall a bit more of a professional look a bit more professional in their communications maybe than they were before Um, a bit more transparent in terms of the actual team members and things like that I like that you can uh, chat to some of them on Twitter themselves Mm -hmm. Um, because I guess when I first saw it when the when the website wasn't great and you couldn't really see the background on the company or the history there was a bit sort of like you know am I just throwing my money into something that's a bit of a scam that's what people think I'm afraid when 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 it doesn't look professional enough but obviously I'm guessing I didn't didn't put the money in two years ago because yeah i'd have a lot more now
0: (laughs) yeah a lot of people are but um hopefully if a lot of people are right uh, in thinking that this is the beginning of uh, maybe a, a much larger grander product then uh, you're still in early, I guess. But uh, I think we'll, we'll move on to the questions. The first one is from F.I. Bruce Wayne, our very own Batman, who who asks a silly question every every week, it seems. Um, uh, and this is one about Arsenal, which is going to hurt me as well as an Arsenal fan. How, how did you feel when Obafemi Martin scored that last-minute wonder goal in the League Cup final against Arsenal in 2011? For the record, I know that Bruce Wayne here on Twitter is a Birmingham fan, so uh, this is probably why he's asked it. Thoughts, opinions.
1: Not not sure about Wonder goal. I think that's a bit a bit mean. <laughs> but I guess at that time it's just like we couldn't we, we couldn't win the trophy, could we? So when it happened, it was sort of like, are we ever going to win anything ever again? Uh, I mean, fact, thankfully Chesney and Koscielny have improved a lot since then. I think they were both quite young. Well, Koscielny wasn't that young, but he was new to the new to the league. And he's improved a hell of a lot. So yeah, obviously not a good day but um, at least we've ended our trophy drought since then.
0: (laughs) That was a terrible day. I remember waking up and just being so excited, but uh, I'd actually had a dream that we'd lost it. So, so I woke up and I was like oh my god thank god it was a dream and then to like relive the pain it was awful I watched it with about uh, four or five other Arsenal fans and it was uh, it was absolutely terrible yeah it was more, uh, one of the worst times I felt as an Arsenal fan but won't uh, settle on that too much I mean Birmingham have been relegated since exactly. and aren't doing too well in the league at the moment So I wasn't uh, going to mention
1: I, it am glad you did <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but the next one is from Index Complex <laughs> how much did it cost you to buy all these followers Ollie
1: well why do you think I'm on the index? I need to make my money back. <laughs> thousands, <laughs> thousands of pounds. Uh, I mean, uh, well,
0: yeah, when did it start? When did you start getting a bit more notoriety for your, um, for your tweeting about Arsenal or blogging?
1: Like when did it start to snowball? I guess. So my account used to be called transfer addicts, I think it was or something like that. So I sort of went to the foreign press, um, where before things sort of was picked up by the English media, uh, in terms of transfer rumors and stuff. And I guess quite a lot of people might do that now, but at the time, uh, people sort of followed me to get that news first. I was quite addicted to transfers, hence the name. Um, and yeah, a lot of people started to follow that. And then I guess I changed the name to myself at about probably 5,000 followers, um, and then a few big accounts quite liked my account. So I sort of started to get retweeted and liked and stuff and that just sort of grew it um but yeah so that's sort of what everyone asks me but i think i was at i sort of joined twitter at a good time in that i found something which not everyone was doing in terms of tracking that transfer activity in european papers and stuff
0: mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff must help you on the index now right um i mean i guess if you joined three months ago you must have joined within the transfer kind of frenzy saga were you able to maybe? profit well from that or had you not really got got your head around the index yet
1: lent to that i'm not sure i got too involved in transfer rumours i think i sort of picked up a couple of arsenal players who i thought might attract some some media attention um i know Urza was one of them in terms of the germany stuff and whether Emery liked him and things like that so i i'm closest to arsenal obviously so i you know have an interest in in several of those players, but I, I don't think I sort of jumped on anyone who was about to move. Mm. To be honest,
0: well, maybe something to look at in January then—that uh, that could be quite profitable, especially if you've you've you know got in good insight into this, and maybe if you did that for a while, you can kind of tell what's real and what's not according to certain journalists, certain outlets,
1: etc. Exactly. I mean, I, I sort of I sort of semi avoided it because I guess from my experience, I've seen so many transfer rumors that. You know, I, I anticipate that the players would rise for a day and then it go away because everyone realizes it's not true. So it it falls. So only I'd probably only act on it when I'm really sure that there's some substance behind um, one of the rumors.
0: Mm, mm, definitely. So that that can happen. There can be some silly rumors out there. But we'll, we'll move on to the next question. I think uh, this is the first legitimate one. This is from uh, Chrissy Gunaswain. so an Arsenal fan. Has joining Fi changed the way you watch football, and if so, how? That's an interesting one. We haven't had that one before, so why don't you take it away, Ollie?
1: Yeah, definitely I'd say. Um it's sort of added an extra layer of excitement to games that if they didn't involve Arsenal or one of Arsenal's rivals I sort of cared little for for the game. Um I've started to watch a bit more European football, uh, which is good. And of course obviously when when my players are involved, you're sort of looking out for those high scoring things like crosses or someone who's involved in the game a lot. Um, and sort of playing close attention to uh, teams that have changed manager and systems and things like that. Um, and if you're sort of watching the game, you can make those judgments early before the rest of the index picks up on it. Is what I hope I've done a few times. Um, but it is a strange feeling sort of at the end of the game, hoping the centre-backs pass to each other a few times so that you uh, get over the edge. <laughs>
0: That's such a strange feeling isn't it especially when you're kind of close to the end of the game and you're like okay right he probably needs about five more points here just hoping that a player gets fouled or passes or even worse when a player's winning and he's winning by only a few points and he goes offside or he picks up a yellow card it's, it's just such a strange feeling whereas maybe you know in fantasy football an offside doesn't really matter when you're betting on traditional things especially specific players it's usually goals or yellow cards or shots or whatever um it, it's not quite the same with with those little passes or offsides it's, it's quite strange isn't it
1: yeah exactly and I, I don't think i've ever been so gutted about a substitution oh. before but there's several uh players that i still I, I hold most of them still but when they're so close and then they get subbed, uh it, it yeah it, it hurts but it's it's an extra layer of excitement isn't it so it can be really good and at the end of the day if it makes you enjoy the sport a bit more i think i think that's good
0: it definitely gets you on the edge of your seat for for such strange things i mean uh you know a winner from a player that you might dislike or whatever you, has you raising your fist in triumph on occasion but that that uh substitution thing is quite prevalent in um fancy football as well when a defender gets subbed before 60 minutes or uh, a player gets subbed before they've scored any points it's it is a weird one for football index to for example choose to only allow clean sheets for defenders that have played the full game uh, which is something that a lot of football index traders have talked about
1: oh i had a nightmare i think it's two weeks ago um one of my defenders I think he went off injured in the eighty eighth or eighty ninth minute, oh. and he was ten points behind or something. So the the clean sheet points would have got him the dividends. Oh, so yeah, it, that was very good.
0: It's not only the dividends, isn't it? It's kind of like the uh, another big score to add to their maybe past yeah. high scores, and that probably makes them appreciate a bit more in price. Um, it, it's 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 tough. But what have your tactics so far been? Maybe in the last three months. Uh, I mean, maybe you don't have that many at the moment because you only started trading recently. But what what has changed since you started uh, football index?
1: Um, I guess I, saw, I I did a lot of research on PB data before I bought anyone, um, just really understanding that matrix and how it works. Uh, and then I sort of I think I joined towards the end of the World Cup, and players not at the World Cup had dipped a little bit. So. I I picked up quite a few of those um, and and saw some good rises in them as the season approached. Um, So I tend to, I guess my strategy is a little bit more patient. I don't buy someone when they've scored on the day or anything like that. Uh, I tend to stay away from that. And I probably pick up players who just miss out on dividends if they've shown that they've got the potential to win them in the future. Um, You know, you sometimes see a score at 150 but they didn't get a game-winning goal or something um and you you know you can see them picking up a game and go in the future um i i don't trade an awful lot i I did in the first sort of month or so in terms of i cashed in on a few rises from people who rose as the season approached but now i've sort of got 65 players um and i believe in them all i guess i believe in them all to deliver across the season um and i won't really sell unless I'm quite concerned about someone or if i feel like they've risen too far
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and so what, what what do you class as too far do you do you look at that as relative to other players or what their their dividends earnings could be because i think there's been a lot of talk about what could a player potentially rise to in terms of max price compared to the current dividends on offer so i'd be interested to know what you deem as overvalued if that makes sense
1: yeah i both of those things really i mean I, I compare against players similar to them um i then look to see will this player return 10% in pb i don't think you can really estimate mb for for most apart from the the very top but can is this player capable of returning at least 10% pb over the course of the season if i if i'm sure of that at their new price then I would hold them. If if I'm concerned that they're probably not, then I may look at selling. But I mean, there's so many variables, you know, that player might, you might anticipate that they're linked with a move in January. So you might anticipate MB and and keep hold of them. Um, So I I make the decision on the individual really, but you've got to sort of ignore the green and, and make that decision on their latest price
0: yeah definitely i think a lot of people get hung up on the on the green and red uh it's a strange one but i think uh i I saw a lot of people for example telling me that they'd sold pogba today or or instant sold him by the time this goes out tomorrow he could be up a pound or down a pound who knows but a a lot of people said oh i don't really mind because he was still my highest roi uh so they weren't really looking at that current price they were looking at the the poor the price that they bought him at and then they'd kind of said, OK, even if he's dropped two pounds, I've still made a lot of money, which I guess based on the initial investment you've made is true. But as we've just discussed on the current price, which is potentially ways of making your decision, not on the buy price, that person's actually lost a pound 50 in terms of value for each player so or each future rather.
1: Yeah, exactly that. And I mean, I'm looking at it from perspective that I want to make money every month. Um, not just on my initial investment. So, to do that, you need to, you know, as nice as it is to have some huge rises on players, um, you need to make the decision. I sort of uh, fill out my spreadsheet once a week um, and I look at the percentage change in the last week, look at why that might be. And um, if someone's had, you know, a rise, as I say, that I think might maybe unwarranted, I might look at selling a few or sell, selling completely.
0: Mm-hmm. and how important has that spreadsheet been because a lot of people i know don't really track their profits or some people even track their players which i think is maybe quite extreme for someone who who trades quite in and out of players like myself it is kind of tough to keep on top of but how, how important has that been keeping an eye on on those kind of statistics
1: oh yeah massively um i've made some of my best decisions on that sort of percentage change in the last week figure um, So. Sometimes I've sort of seen a 2 a 3% drop in a player who it might just be the case of a, a particularly large trader cashing in on them. And then that presents an opportunity for me to buy more if I still believe in that player. And that, that's happened a few times and that that player has then gone on to rise quite a large amount. So it, it helps you really see how those players are, are performing and the perception of them and whether you should be buying more or selling, uh, i definitely advise that people, even if it's a basic spreadsheet, just to, the other thing i record is um, dividend yield on that player. Uh, so I just track every time we, the player gets a dividend. It's a good way of seeing who's returned what so far. I've had a couple of people return 20% odd in, in the three months that I've been on. So it's, I don't know what I'd do without my spreadsheet. To be honest,
0: <laughs> <laughs> seems like it's uh, very central to your trading strategy. So, <laughs>
1: what's what's been your
0: biggest mistake so far in terms of an uh, individual trade? Is the one that sticks out in your mind, which was uh, a really oh shit moment?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I've definitely definitely made a few mistakes. I'm just trying to think of an individual individual one. Um, I got stung on Verdi the other day. This is why I don't do the match day market. Um, So he'd scored a goal and I think i just seen Napoli concede, which meant that Verdi was going to get the game-winning goal bonus. Um, But then he was very quickly taken over by someone else and I sort of bought at the very peak of his rise because he'd already risen because he'd scored. So I just tend to stay away from that now. Um, I did have a few people that i sold a bit too early um but it's it's very difficult to get everyone exactly right and i've still still made you know a, a very healthy percentage increase on initial investment um so i'd say to people not to get too down about that because i've made several very bad trades um and still sort of up up 40% in 3 months so there's opportunity to make a lot more don't beat yourself up about it because I, I definitely did i think on a couple um and and also selling players and the next day they buy they, they get dividends and obviously then get capital appreciation and rise as well that's a bit that hurts
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure i think everyone's made a bad decision when it comes to trading and you always think oh i could have made more but you have to take a maybe a step back sometimes and think okay I, you know a, a lot of traders and, and of course it's hard to compare but in, in financial markets look to win 55 percent of their trades which gives them a, a relatively decent yield in compared in comparison to you know what some bank accounts offer in terms of uh, of interest so it, it, you do have to take yourself back a, a bit and, and also remember that you know 95 of punters on traditional uh, sports books lose money so you have to think a bit of that. Maybe that you're even if you're making maybe only thirty percent, 20 percent a year. This uh, disregarding your portfolio size, that's still way better than a lot of people uh, who are investing or betting on a lot of different things, aren't they?
1: Yeah, and I mean that's a that's the other good thing about the spreadsheet is it gives you that sort of holistic view. I think people can get hung up if their twenty four hour stat is red, get um, mm-hmm. quite downbeat about that. I I'm, I had a week. Uh, i think it was last week actually where every time i loaded the app it seemed to be in red um, but when i actually did my stats i was up um quite a lot that week it was actually one of my better weeks so i'm not <laughs> sure how accurate that that it, is it is not um,
0: disclaimer do yeah. not do not base your success off the the red or green off that uh, 7 day 24 hour or especially the all time thing because it's that one. that one's really strange
1: yeah i mean for me I've obviously taken money out a little bit and put money in so that's completely warped anyway so that's why I need a spreadsheet for my sort of overall uh, percentage increase.
0: I'm actually glad that you mentioned spreadsheets there because uh, I always advocate using them especially once you start getting into the four figures five figures in terms of portfolio and cash balance size. it's so so imperative that you use one but I think we'll move on to the next question uh this is from EJ this is an Arsenal based question and I'm not surprised that it's been asked to someone who's kind of kind of an Arsenal expert so to speak uh he says I hold both Erzl and Mickey Mkhitaryan obviously so was wondering where you see them playing next season transfer or not and how much time do you think Mkhitaryan will get now? Maybe Ramsey potentially leaving will mean he gets dropped so the Armenian can hopefully start delivering. So what are your thoughts on, on this?
1: I mean, it's hard to say where both of them will be playing next season. I think Arsenal don't have a lot of money. I think a lot of things that have come out recently have shown that in terms of us not offering a new contract to Ramsey. I know he was asking for a lot of money, but I think other the other big clubs would just do it uh, within reason. So there is the potential, I think that that one or both of those could leave because I'm not sure how suited they are to Emery's style. And Is, also is that,
0: that Mkhitaryan and Ozil? and Ozil,
1: right? Yeah, Mkhitaryan and Ozil uh, because I'm not sure how much they fit in with what Emery wants uh, and they're both on fairly chunky wages. So if money is a problem, I wouldn't be surprised to see the move on and they're towards the end of their careers. Saying that, I think Ozil, He's always going to attract media attention. Um, he's capable of high-ish PB scores, I'd say. Um, even though he's not the most consistent at all, same applies for Mkhitaryan. Um, he's not been great this season, in my opinion. Uh, and the likes of Awobi are starting to outshine him. So, but with the Europa League that Arsenal are in, it gives players like Mkhitaryan. You sort of know that they're going to get a good amount of time, regardless, and. Mkhitaryan's a player who can score a couple of goals in a game and get a couple of assists, so again, he's capable of high BB, but I'm not sure they're both going to be in Emery's plans long term.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned that the contracts there, I think Mesut Ozil's on between 300 £350,000 a week, if I'm not mistaken. Mkhitaryan, I think he's still on his Manchester United wages, which I believe are between one hundred eighty pounds to £220,000 a week, so you've definitely got two of the Five biggest earners, alongside um, probably uh, Lacazette, uh, Abamyang, to to mention a couple. I do I do agree with you that especially Mkhitaryan. It was weird. He started the season quite well, actually, didn't he? Um, scored against Chelsea, and he was probably our best player that day. Özil hasn't actually been that good, although I think you've, you've mentioned here in the notes that his goal output's actually been quite decent. He, he hasn't flourished under Emery, uh, and some players like. Alex Iwobi have and, and players like Lacazette and even Abamyang who hasn't actually started well has still got four goals this season we've seen notable improvements in uh, even Xhaka who's, who's been much maligned the last season and a half um, Torreira has obviously been fantastic you've seen especially def- uh, defensive improvements with with Emery so it, it's not that much of a surprise that the players that you thought wouldn't buy into this very Rigid uh, pressing style uh, aren't doing that well in Arsenal and Mkhitaryan. But you mentioned Ramsey there, and that's probably the guy that index traders are looking at the most from an MB uh, perspective between now and next summer. What, what's your take on the situation in general? Is he definitely going? And if so, where are the suitors? Are they more likely to be abroad rather than the Premier League?
1: Yeah. So about probably eighteen months ago now, I was told um, that. Ramsey was sort of attracting interest from, it surprised me at the time, but I was told actually Real Madrid and Barcelona were both interested in him. Um, And I think what has happened is Ivan Gazidis has sort of agreed to a deal, put his stamp on the deal with, with Ramsey in principle because you saw Ramsey's agent sort of tweeting some stuff as if they were about to announce a new contract a couple of mm-hmm. months ago. Um, and there were some pictures I think of him in the team shoot of him, sort of raising his eyebrows at the newspapers yeah. and stuff. So I think that was pretty much over the line because he, this, um, and now the new opinions and perhaps Emery's opinion because Ramsey hasn't started too well is that he does not deserve that 250, um, figure that's, that's been banded about. Um, I I don't know if hundred percent he will leave, but perhaps there will be some flexibility from his agent and sort of be willing to go down. But at the same time, I mean, for a player that's been there for so long, I think he's a bit insulted that um, this has happened how it is because it's, it's probably not the best best scenario to sort of be agreed deal on principle and then to back out of it. Um, but I think wherever he goes, it will be a fairly big club. You know, he, he he's got a lot of quality. Um, Juventus is another one that's been linked, so I can see him getting a good move. I can see him attracting Mb. Um, obviously, he had a fairly big rise, I think about a week ago. But I still think there's a bit of room in his price, um, depending on on how long it drags on. I mean, it, it could go one or two ways. Going the Sanchez way, or or Ozil signing new contracts, but he's definitely going to be there or thereabouts in in terms of media.
0: And it, and it definitely depends on what team he goes to because if he goes to a Madrid Barca or a uh, Juventus maybe his media buzz suddenly diminishes in the long term but um if he stays at Chelsea goes to a United stays at Arsenal sorry goes to a United goes to Chelsea or you know Manchester City has been thrown around as well Liverpool as well has been the the main English club that have been linked actually Um, especially after the the Chamberlain move then that could attract a bit of media buzz. And I think Liverpool players have actually started doing a bit better with the media. Uh, Klopp seems to be quite likeable. They've got quite a few liked players like Salah, uh, Mane, and then obviously quite a big English contingent as well. So it'd be interesting to see what would happen if he went there from a media perspective. But it, uh, it, it's a strange... What, what, do you think Arsenal should pay the money and, and keep him? Or do you think it's time to kind of cut times with, with someone who's part of the old guard and then maybe looking at Moving on, Urzul and the Qatarian in the future as well.
1: I mean i have I've got emotional ties to Ramsey purely for the fact that he scored those two cup cup final winners. Um <laughs> but and he's been here for so long. He's a hard worker. I'm not sure he warrants those wages. And to be honest, I'm gonna back the manager, uh, in the decision he wants to make. So if he feels that we can use those wages elsewhere better, then you know, I'm fine with that. I'm not gonna um, you know, get angry at that decision i don't think he's so good that we have to throw money at him um so yeah we need to get players that for emory style for sure
0: uh, it's kind of strange though because i thought he would he would have been one of those players right he's, yeah same quite intense yeah. uh runs a lot uh technically decent as well uh but maybe on a tactical level in a, in a two-man positional man field. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: positionally i'm not sure he's he's quite got it um, and obviously, he hasn't, I don't think he's scored yet this season. So if he's playing further forward, I think we've got better players, you know, Erzil maybe even Mkhitaryan in that number 10 role, if we're going to play with the number 10, which I'm not sure Emery wants to anyway. So I think it's perhaps positionally, uh, and maybe he sort of feels he's too good. He's better than he is. I think Emery sort of thinks that a bit about him.
0: Yeah, and, and he certainly doesn't have that kind of marketing appeal that Özil does. I, I think a lot of the reason why Özil was resigned and we paid him the money rather than Alexis Sanchez is because of his like kind of global brand, and a lot of players want to come and play with Mesut Özil. We probably saw that with you know Aubameyang, Lacazette, um, even Mkhitaryan to some extent, but and just to actually have. A household name at the club does a lot for its marketing value so I think that was probably one of the reasons that Arsenal stumped up the money for Ozil keep that kind of big name status at the club
1: yeah and I think we needed to at the time didn't we I know I know it might be causing problems for us now in terms of the Ramsey contracts but with Sanchez going if Ozil had gone as well and then Bengo had gone, you know, it's just, it doesn't look good for the club in terms of, those are three big names, as you say, in terms of marketing and stuff. So I don't, you know, Urzil might leave, but I, I still would say that we were right to give him the contract. I agree, did.
0: especially considering it was only a, was it a three-year deal, right? So you, you, when you, when you, when you give him yeah, that, yeah, of course, and three and a half because of January, you give him that three and a half year deal and you say, right, we're going to have a new manager coming in the summer. He has three years. With uh, a team that has still got a very marketable asset to try and entice players, try and sell season tickets and try and keep this kind of big team nature about Arsenal, if that makes sense. Because I think that's one thing that um, maybe Liverpool didn't do, for example, when they let Torres go and... and, um, uh, they had players like Voronin and, and Peter Crouch uh up top it was it was kind of hard for them to rebuild uh, on the other hand you had uh Manchester United as soon as they dropped out the top 4 after the post folks Ferguson era you had the likes of Di Maria you had the likes of Pogba being bought and whether or not you think they've been successful they certainly keep that aura around the club which is is quite important for a team and and something I quickly realized even though I might not be Ozil's biggest fan but you you mentioned even Gazidis there at some point Uh, he seems to be leaving Arsenal do you think that will have any impact on on Arsenal in terms of their spending or or their on pitch ability do you think some of the other guys at the top will have a bit more of an influence into the type of player that we'll be buying or targeting
1: I, I don't think we've directly replaced him we've um, sort of given some of the responsibility to Raul Sanelli, who we brought in as head of football relations yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the, the time um, and then someone else who I'm not sure exactly what he was doing before but it sort of seems to be a two-man approach now so in terms of how that's going to affect our transfer activity I'm not sure I'm not sure how involved Emery is particularly um, at the moment in terms of I think when we were recruiting for a new manager, we were told they were there to be a coach um, and, you know, he was announced as a head coach, mm-hmm. not as the manager. So I think that's quite significant. Um, we've obviously got Sven Mislintat, who is worshipped as the the transfer guru for bringing all the good players um, to Dortmund and now to Arsenal, apparently. But um, so far, he seems to have just brought former Dortmund players in. So <laughs> hopefully he can... Uh, do some do some new work and not just read his old notes, I think.
0: Yeah, well we, I mean Gwenduzzi and uh Mavroponos a, a couple guys yeah, and I Torreira guess maybe, well. maybe Terrera. Uh they've all been reasonably good signings, especially the, the, the latter two. We don't really know much about Mavroponos as of yet. Uh Bird Leno, of course, uh, I'm assuming that came under his recommendation coming from the Bundesliga, even though we've been linked with him. Previous years, maybe he was the one that that pulled the trigger on that one. But uh, I think we'll move on to the next question because this could be a a, a, another lengthy one to discuss. Uh, It's from Index Profit Hunter, who's been on the the podcast before. He's quite good. Uh, Would you like would like to hear you discuss the Pogba debacle? Where does his price go from here, and what do you think his price would do in each scenario? And these scenarios being Mourinho leaving or Pogba leaving and Mourinho staying, or both staying, or both perhaps leaving and I think you touched on this pre- previously Ollie so what what are your thoughts on on this scenario from a footballing perspective than from a football index perspective I guess
1: um from a footballing perspective I think Mourinho will eventually go he's obviously had a good result tonight um and Pogba I wouldn't be surprised to see both of them leave I mean in, in this time in 2 years time if neither of them are there uh, that wouldn't shock me because at the end of the day, Pogba's got big ambitions and if Manchester United get a new manager, are they going to perform at the top level? I don't think they'll do that instantly. So I don't think either of them are there for the long term, to be honest. Um, and in terms of what that does in Football Index, it could, uh, obviously, if he went abroad, I think he'd drop quite a lot because um, he's a huge price at the moment and that is because he's attracting so much media attention but that will at some point you feel dry out I don't think he's got the quality to stay there like Ronaldo and Messi etc um, unless he you know, takes the game to the next level it's possible and he's a very good player but I can't see him at Barcelona or back at Juventus attracting the sort of MB that he's getting now so I think his price could be very high for, for a while yet but In terms of long-term, I think he probably will fall. Um, That doesn't mean to say that people can't make money off him in the short term. Personally, I've stayed away. I think I bought him uh, very briefly when I saw that video of Mourinho and and Pogba sort of arguing in the training ground the other week. And I I saw the video come out straight away, so I knew that his price was going to fly. But I sort of got on him and, and got off a couple of days later just because... I, my strategy is fairly long term and i want to believe that those players over the course of a season or or even the three years um will rise in price and deliver dividends so i've personally stayed away because of the uncertainty i guess and there's but there is definitely money to be made i appreciate that you know some people will say how can you how can you not have him but That's just my approach, my strategy.
0: It's definitely a weird one because he keeps getting to a price where I'm like, I don't want to buy, and then he just keeps increasing. At this point, with the amount of uncertainty, and I've always said that if Mourinho leaves, then the media will be less focused on him, unless he turns into kind of like this Cantona-esque figure, and you've mentioned he might not have the quality to to become that kind of proper talisman for manchester united where he maybe scores 15 goals a season and um, wins them games and helps them win trophies i think the squad itself isn't isn't good enough at manchester united to do that currently and especially the style of play obviously doesn't suit pb so it's very hard to justify his price if he's not in the media so i mean you touched on you obviously touched on Mourinho there who do you think probably comes into him in for him and you mentioned that one of your strategies was buying players based on a new manager or a new system what what do you think this could do to Manchester United players if Mourinho leaves
1: I think Zidane seems to be the bookie's favorite doesn't he He seems to be keen to get back into management um, and it would be probably good for Pogba with that that French connection Um, I think initially we'd see a rise in a lot of United players just because of the anticipation of oh they've got Zidane they're going to suddenly be amazing for PB and and win all the games um whether that then drops again is the other thing so uh, i I'd definitely look for opportunity within the united squad i think if if his departure is confirmed because i think with a, a squad of that quality they can't do worse on PB with another manager i'd say really um and i think you know some people say pogba's not a pb player but He's already won a PB. He scores fairly high. He's on penalties now. So if there's a, if there's a new manager that plays really well, he might start getting, you know, the the figures to deserve um, his price. But it's yeah, it's a tricky one. There are a few United players that I would be very interested in if Sudan. Um, Join for starters, but there'll be—I'm sure there'll be a lot of ups and downs in that United squad when a new manager joins and um, obviously names his first eleven for the first game. I expect the market will sort of react <laughs> as to that is his first eleven for the rest of the season. So, yeah, um, but that it yeah. creates opportunity to if you if you play it right,
0: for sure. And do you think there are any any other managers that, that could be in the running? Because I've seen, it seems to be quite quite dry quite uh, a bit of a drought in terms of quality managers available I think I've seen a couple people say goose hitting just because he's replaced Mourinho uh, already at Chelsea in in the past um uh, what what your thoughts who, who else could be in the running uh, I mean a few Ryan Giggs shouts of course um people saying that Michael Carrick and Nicky Buck could take it on for the rest of the season <laughs> uh what, what what your thoughts
1: they have no real option but to go long term now. I don't think you can employ another short term manager. Really, I, I think you know as good as Mourinho can be. I'm not a fan at all, by the way. Um, but he's a short he's a short term manager. I mean, his history shows that on the third year, this this sort of happens. What's what seems to be happening again? So they sort of, I think, employed him to say we'll get he'll get us back to the top. Um, and then we might take on a vision, but it, it's not worked. So they're going to need to, Edward Wood's got to sort of really think about what he wants with the club. And I think they'll go with someone long term, you know, whether that's Sedan or Giggs. Um, as you say, there's no real big names sort of waiting in the market uh, that I'm not aware of. So I think they'll go long term and that will create opportunity again, so say that, you know, if Giggs was to go in charge, there'd be um, he's got his his favourites, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, for sure, and especially because those two managers they haven't really created a, a football identity for themselves yet. I mean, Zidane came into Real Madrid and had all these amazing players, and he became more of kind of a man manager, tightened them up a slight bit defensively, and made them a bit more conservative, but. He kind of just let them go out there and play in a similar way that Sir Alex Ferguson did at Manchester United in his in his pomp. And Ryan Giggs has only been a manager for a season or so. So there wouldn't be anyone saying, oh, look, they're going to come in and play Sarri ball or uh, Emery is going to make them press higher and be stronger defensively. Or Guardiola's going to come in and, and make them a lot more possession based or Mourinho is going to come in and make them a lot more defensive, but have less possession and therefore maybe be worse for pb so there isn't going to be this maybe speculative uh approach from traders in terms of their actual on uh, on pitch performance it might be more as you say who does zidane like in the manchester united squad who are the, the french players or the players that he's been Linked with before who are the Real Madrid players that might get transfer links and who are the who are the players that Ryan Giggs likes at United Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see Uh, again if it is someone as you say quite long term that we don't know much about in terms of their football identity on the pitch it's going to be a lot harder to speculate from a PB perspective but it might actually be easier to speculate from an MB or or selection perspective perspective i don't know if i think that's kind of what you alluded to as well
1: yeah i think as as i say i think the market will whoever it is react to united players increasing um just because there is that you know people say Mourinho is not a pb manager at all so i think the market in general will sort of think that any manager is going to make all their players better at pb which is not necessarily going to be true um but yeah i think it'll be it'll be erratic
0: yeah i agree but but as you said definitely opportunities uh to to profit but we'll move on to our last question before we move into a couple questions from myself this is from tall bob fi another former podcast guest he was also very good a very enjoyable episode his one's quite short and sweet but it's a it's an important one if you could make one change overnight to football index what would it be
1: yeah very good question um i think tiered pb would be something that I'd like to see. Um, I think it would help the market as there'd just be a bit more demand for those cheaper players. Um, and I think more rewarding for, for people like me who, who sort of do that research on players who've got potential to score high, but maybe get pipped by a an, Neymar an and a Messi every week. Um, but I think it it's good if the platform could reward those people for, you know, at least finding someone that can score pretty high um, I think it just adds another element to the game um, other than that perhaps I think something needs to be done with goalkeepers because at the moment they're fairly redundant apart from Alisson who everyone seems to buy for some MB that he had um, there's only been a few goalkeeper wins I think uh, so mm.
0: and, and predominantly if they've been on single game days so when the pools are far far smaller
1: mm. yes I mean whether they created a goalkeeper only pb or just up their scoring i mean it would obviously have quite a big effect if they upped goalkeeper scorings and price of defenders might fall down um and if they created a, a pb just for keepers and we'd have a, a lot of rises i'm sure
0: mm-hmm. on a
1: hell of a lot of keepers so
0: i think if it did happen it'd have to be a they, they might not pay out on single days for example um and they might have to make it so that the dividends available for goalkeepers are far far smaller because i think a change like that where you could see maybe 10 and 20 percent of the capital in football index shift is, is just far too great at the moment when you have an estimated of 20 million plus in the market it, it'd be quite a, a drastic change from football index to do so and i think it's they could have to start treading more and more carefully as they go on i think asp um who seems to be the most popular man on the podcast (laughs) whenever he comes on on this first one he said that they they need to turn around the fishing boat before it becomes an oil tanker and now we might be at the kind of ferry stage or a larger fisherman's boat so it might be not not a case of now or never but consider definitely in the next season or so if they do make changes they they kind of have to be careful with them but if they do then maybe like a lot of people have called for an increase in dividends say before they change the performance buzz scoring algorithm so that the you know materially some of these values aren't affected as much as they would be Um, and a lot of people like yourself have actually called for tiered pb rather than Uh, a direct rise in dividends so maybe they rise performance buzz uh uh, dividends but through a tiered method rather than just rising the actual payouts for star player Uh, i i don't know it's it's an odd one and it's uh it's one that people keep calling for and i guess if there's enough demand for it football index might look at it and say hey um this might increase the value of maybe cheaper players for example uh, as as you mentioned um and that might be more rewarding for customers that might not have enough money or might not has have as much money and therefore it might retain traders slightly better and make it slightly more accessible uh, i don't know if you agree with that
1: yeah i think i think pb personally is what makes the platform exciting i go back to the first question that's another thing that sort of made me join that I noticed it wasn't just paying out for for media. Um I think it's huge in terms of people can actually research and feel sort of rewarded when they when their player their, and their research pays off. Um so adding increasing P B dividends and, you know, tiering that for the top three in each in each section, maybe, um, I think would be great for the platform because you know, just some early feedback from people who I know, they're sort of, oh, well, the only the very top player gets this. So it can be a bit disheartening at the start. And as you say, especially when those more expensive players win it, who some people, you know, it's just it's just too much to invest in them because, you know, they might only be playing with, you know, 50, 100 pounds. So you could buy a couple of the top players and then you get 4p and it's just and, and, and percentage wise it's the same but it's the, it's all done on perception isn't it and if, if people if new traders are experimenting with £100 or so um, and there's a, a couple of p coming in then I think their perception would be that it's maybe not worth their while so I think more can be done with PB but obviously with the, as you say with the amount of people that we've got in the market now um, they need to be very careful with any changes because yeah it could it, any change really can massively affect a person's price so but that, that that's the one thing i'd like to see i'm not sure exactly how they do it but um yeah i think it would definitely add add more to the game i think pb should be more awarded than mb um yeah that's that's an opinion of someone who has mainly pb holds but it's it's because i think that's where the excitement is and that's where you know people can actually do research on it's, it's hard to sort of research mb um because it's it's unpredictable to a degree
0: mm-hmm. i mean also your your initials are opb so uh, i guess uh, <laughs> you'd have to back uh, performance buzz wouldn't you but i think that football index it might also be in their interest to Water down media buzz slightly because it's so predictable in terms of what profile a player unless we get to the transfer window of course during the season it's usually the the big boys at the premier league clubs and then you've got messi and ronaldo and neymar those are the only three that win it outside of the premier league really so it's like do we make the most exciting part of the platform the main figurehead and the main drawing point for customers to come in I think they will in, in, in the long term. They'll definitely increase performance buzz uh, uh, compared to media buzz. I don't think we'll see a rise in media buzz in, in the in the future, to be honest. And I think this is something I've written about in blogs and, and said on Twitter to quite a few people for well over 12 months now, 18 months, that, you know, uh, Football Index will probably look to be increasing performance buzz comparative to media buzz, so it's watered down and, and they might not have to pay out as much on media than they as they do on performance because uh realistically it's where the, the volatility lies, performance buzz, more so than media buzz most of the time. We get to transfer window times where players rise and fall due to media rises, uh or, or potential media uh but sometimes you have a player like Pogba that only goes up and then st- slowly from a percentage standpoint goes down so maybe they want that up and down motion to increase commission and um and allow traders to to shift money quite quickly because if you do have more money going into these pb players and there might be a bit more liquidity uh especially on these day trading days where people look to to buy players on the day um, when they've scored, as you mentioned, you don't really get involved in this, but if there are three places to play for rather than the one, then these spikes and the money moved into these players might increase. But on the other hand, a lot of people do think that this ratio at the moment is kind of perfect, but uh, it's up for debate, certainly. And I- I'm not sure what's better for Football Index's business model. I'm not sure what's better from an accessibility point-, point of view. Well, I mean, we've kind of discussed that. We think that tiered PB might be better. Uh I'm not sure what's better on a retention point because you might have just bought into the top, top players and, and suddenly the the you've got a player that maybe s- seems to score loads of very peak scores and never comes second or third, usually comes first only a few times in a season. You might get bored of that and might look for a more consistent earner. So it, it could certainly shake up things slightly, but I think whatever they do going forward, they've got the basis of a, a very good product. And as you mentioned, performance buzz is kind of what, makes, what makes it, it right. right.
1: Yeah, I think you said it there in terms of the MB players. I think you either have them or you don't for a lot of people. There's not a lot of liquidity in them unless there's a big story that breaks. Um, So I think it's in Football Index's best interest to have, obviously, players with more liquidity. And and if they, when it gets to the time where they've got a rise dividends, then as you say, I think the best idea would be to sort of keep MB as it is and, and increase increase pb because we do need uh football index to make money as well through trades and i think by making pb an even more exciting market and, and the main thing of the platform it's only going to help help them and add excitement to the users Mm-mm,
0: totally agree but uh, i've got a few more Uh, questions here that I've written down myself so uh, as a relative newbie both on Football Index but also in the community both on Twitter and and other mediums what's it been like Uh, what's the perception first of all if you've seen some of these Twitter accounts before you joined uh, and then afterwards what's changed and what were your perceptions beforehand and what what are they now
1: Um, to be honest probably about a year ago when I saw accounts boasting about their portfolios and things like that I wondered the legitimacy of them, um, because they all, everyone seems to have football index in their name. So it's a bit, no, no one's got a face on their account. Um, but obviously that it is, is all real. And eventually I've sort of done a bit more research into that. Um, there, there is a good community, obviously not on Twitter and in terms of your tweet, but, um, <laughs> on, I actually use index gain, uh, I want to shout them out they uh, offer some great free data on there as uh, an app on your phone um, really nice community of of people in there that's sort of there to help each other and, and in general I find that people are there to help each other I would say to ensure that you don't just see someone who says buy this player because of this and do none of your own research don't do that because obviously there's big money involved and there are certain people who you, you know, will abuse the hashtag um, mm. to try and, to try and pump their players. So, and that can be very damaging for, um, I'm sure it's, it's put off a lot of new traders um, when you think about the reach that, that some of these tweets can get. So always do a bit of your own research is all I'd say, but the community is, is good in general um, and. If you if you're part of something like Index Game, that you can sort of people can um, tip a player, and then you can actually check out their statistics and things and um, straight off the back bat of it. So if they're um, pumping a player that's of no value, you can sort of shoot them down straight away and expose them if you like. But in general, people are there to help each other um, because it's in existing users' interest to you know attract new users and, and get them to stay on the platform.
0: Mm, yeah, I, I certainly think it's something that we shouldn't uh, abuse that hashtag. Um, and certainly I think that at the beginning, those those big portfolio pictures have, have done a lot to entice people. But I think it's kind of important that we maybe reel that back slightly and, and show people that, you know, it's not going to be like this for everyone. A lot of people have deposited it a lot um a lot of people have been very good at trading that maybe not a lot of people are and a lot of people have been very lucky by being there at, right at the beginning and learning the index very well before uh the the, the big boom that we're seeing currently but next question uh, we've asked about you know uh the community but what about your friends and followers uh what have their reaction been to football index up until this point
1: yeah i mean since i've sort of joined and, and started trading and, and told them about my results and um the fact that I'm, I'm blogging for them as well. There's definitely intrigue. Uh, I've got several friends signed up off the back of it um, and getting a fair few inquiries through on my Twitter account as well in terms of just basic questions that people have. Um, but once you tell them all about the products, pretty much everyone is keen to get involved and invest. So positive, definitely. Um, I'm sure that we'll get a lot more people signed up. And And what was like what had
0: had a lot of people heard of it before and did you have to do a lot of convincing or
1: um in terms of friends a lot of people i say that i've started you know trading on this platform they say oh yeah i've heard of that but they've never actually signed up so you know, there's a whole marketing um seminar there in terms of when people actually make the decision but i think <laughs> word of mouth is such a, a big thing is it? if someone you trust is is saying that this is a good thing to invest real money into, then that is often the point where people decide to actually act on it.
0: But what what's usually your hooking line? What's what's the thing that usually does it for
1: you? Um, well, money money involved. To be honest, if you say you know I've legitimately made X percent X amount um, in in this time frame and this is how I've done it. I've researched these players. You know, it's quite exciting. Myself and my friends are, you know, quite into football manager and fantasy football and things like that. So, if you sort of explain that it's another way of feeling rewarded when you find a good player, um, but you can do it across the whole world. It's not just fantasy football with the Premier League. um, And also, you can make money from it. it. It appeals to people who already have a sort of deep football knowledge and, um, get that sort of excitement from research and stuff.
0: Mm. So a final one for me, where, where do you see the product going in general in, in the future? Like what your what what would be your ideal um, future football index, if that makes sense? Do you think this, this product will go mainstream and, and take on the big boys from a gambling perspective?
1: I think it can do, definitely. I think, um, you know, from a responsible gambling point of view, I think there's quite a push for that nationwide. And I think, If this is marketed the right way, it can be sort of viewed as a responsible gambling, um, platform in that you can't just lose all your money in one, unless the player kills over or, um, goes to jail as we might see in the future. Um, but you know, there's so many people out there that blow a load of money on accumulators every week, and things like that. So I think they could definitely become mainstream. Um, as, as long as it's marketed right, and they've made some good moves to to do that so far, but I think um, they can continue to to put it in the right in the right place, and and we'll see a lot more new traders.
0: Yeah, I, I've said that so many times. I've actually said this to the to the guys at Football Index. I've said, "Look, you've got a product here that is gonna lose people less money. So as long as you guys can make enough money, the way you can market this is." as you've just mentioned, a responsible form of gambling, which is closer to the likes of DraftKings and closer to to traditional investing than it actually is gambling. So if you start to do that, then you will have kind of, as you mentioned, more support from a wider community. Maybe those that aren't even in gambling can start kind of supporting your cause because you're looking at this and saying, right, if I've got a thousand pounds at the beginning of the year with most Punters with accumulators, I'm going to end up with zero at the end of the season, and the only thing you gain from that is the the kind of the thrill, right? So, if if the advantage is that you can make money and have the similar type of thrill, then you know that that's that's something that's going to appeal to a lot of people, but also a lot of people, regulators, for example.
1: Yeah, I mean, you touched on it there in terms of. Appeal to people who don't traditionally gamble. I I, I found that with uh, some of my friends that have signed up, they're not you know big gamblers, um, but this is as I say a more responsible way of um, investing money, but it's still exciting. Um, and I think with the sort of Motsen advert, not bet not over on the final whistle line yeah. he uses, I think that's good. Um, that's a good way of sort of saying it nicely quickly. If they they go down that route, then I think. Um, I think that's definitely a, a way into the mainstream because, at the end of the day, it's a it's a product that's there isn't any real competition for it if it's marketed right. There's not you know an alternative, so I think they can do really well um, and, and get into the mainstream for sure.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's definitely the case, isn't it? With with Motson and with Guilhem Ballet Gay, the, the legitimacy that they've bought to the product. But I don't know. It, it it's just such an inventive and unique product the, the way now that it's marketing going for marketed going forward is going to be so key to its growth and uh that not over the final whistle line is something that no other product can kind of say they have in in terms of the gambling community um but do do you think that three-year hold is fair some people have said that you should be able to hold players forever or it should be less what are your thoughts on that
1: um i haven't thought too much about it because i've been been in it for three months but um, I mean at the end of the day you can sell the player and, and buy them back you would obviously lose that two uh, percent but I don't think it's overly concerning I believe they announced at a trader meet didn't they that they were going to extend yeah. for so So you know the fact that they've said that might show that they're looking to either extend the overall um, three years uh, permanently I don't know but it's not too concerning for me at the moment I mean as I would approach that I would start to make decisions um, there. Certainly. Go on, sorry. I think it's not bad in a way because you've got people who've held people for nearly three years now, you, you see, you know, people who bought Pogba at 10 P or something, um, it's, I think it's quite good to sort of add excitement again to those long-term traders and to get them to buy back into the product, hopefully.
0: It's quite hard to say, isn't it? Because a lot of people have called for it to be shortened uh, because I don't know. A lot of it kind of means that people can just buy and hold. But I guess that when we appreciate kind of like a max market cap, then buying and holding is going to be a a harder thing to do unless you buy and hold the big boys and then exit at a certain point, or buy and hold someone that you think is going to rise in the next three months or so, and then and then sell them. I think maybe that's why they haven't been so concerned about that because I guess those traders that have done that in the past haven't really given much back to football index from a commission standpoint, even though they've. deposited a lot and, and bought a lot of players in terms of a stake that football index can then go and use uh, i think that they're not really over uh, overly concerned with that it's just not on their priority list and i guess as a startup you have to prioritize things quite quite swiftly but last thing i want to ask you about and I, we haven't really talked about this and i don't really haven't really talked about it to many people because i've been abroad for the last three weeks and it happened while i've been away is the Ronaldo situation what, what are your thoughts on on that both from a footballing perspective and uh a Football Index one, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very, I think it was very concerning, Juventus's uh, tweets on the matter, to be honest. Um, I think that's them desperately trying to protect such a huge investment they've made. Uh, and it sort of just struck me as um, scared and, and, and heartless, I guess, because, yeah, yeah, desperate, definitely, because, it's you know, they'll suffer massively if, if, if it goes one way. Um, from a Football in- Index Perspective, I don't hold any, so I'm just gonna watch what happens. But you know, if it, it's strange because I don't know if a situation like this has happened before, especially with a player so big, um, it could have huge sort of waves in the market for sure. It, it's the fact if it comes out in the news that he's um, innocent, his price will rise a hell of a lot um, within an hour. So. But at the same time, if he's guilty, then that could be career over. So um, then you've got a sort of lost bet in the in the situations so I talked about earlier in terms of keeling over uh, or going to jail. That's sort of the the two ways you can lose all your money on a player. And that's why you know it is important to diverse, diversify, I think, uh, to a degree. Um, as I say, I've got 65 players. I've seen people from 10 to a thousand odd um i'd like to have i think 65 is about right for me because i can keep track of those within reason unless i'm particularly busy um and i don't sort of have more than a few percent in any one player yeah
0: i think it's definitely a series of unprecedented events from an index standpoint i think the A lot of people that are talking about it as if they know the ins and outs uh, probably should tread a lot more cautiously than they should. Because uh, I saw someone tweet something today that I I quite like that only Ronaldo and and the lady in question know what happened. So anyone else saying anything else is uh, is risking it a little bit in terms of their reputation, for example. But um, I think the allegations are so serious you should probably read a lot about it um and if you're not clued up on the law uh like myself then maybe it's one of those where you just sit and wait and see what happens because uh we don't actually know how serious this could get from like a prosecution standpoint which is something that i really want to stress that people saying he'll never go to jail he's a footballer well it's not like the year 2008 anymore it's 2018 where we are seeing famous people convicted no matter what right no matter how much money they try and throw at lawyers no matter how much uh money they try and throw at like uh people trying to market themselves as a brand people are still going to jail so
1: it's gone this far that i think you know if it's this this big thing that you know that the the lady in question if guilty he's definitely is going going to jail in my opinion it would be a career over um thing so i don't as you say there's no way you can sort of say he's too big to go to jail i think he's he's not above the law um if he's guilty it will happen and you know that's that is one risk i guess of the index yeah it's kind of like
0: adam cole said in the in the podcast when he joined uh episode 33 if you still haven't listened a little plug there um if a player breaks their leg that's kind of a lost bet to an extent. If he lost, if he if he breaks their leg, if he breaks a leg and doesn't play again, that's a lost bet. And in a similar way, if you buy Ronaldo now, or if you hold Ronaldo now and he goes to prison, that's a lost bet. And and by any means, I'm not. This isn't kind of advice whether or not to sell him or or keep him because I, as you mentioned, Oli, this could be a big opportunity if he, if he's not guilty. But maybe um, you know, just to do a lot of research and keep an eye out because if you're. Like you weren't on the index at this time, but when uh, a lot of listeners will remember Griezmann, if you weren't on Twitter at the time when he announced that he was staying at Atletico Madrid, he lost about you know seventy percent of his value. With Ronaldo, it would be a case where instant sell would just be completely turned off, in my opinion, and he'd kind of be removed from the platform, uh, and and that would be that. And uh, or it would happen in August, right? Where um, where where they? I think they try and. Uh, where they remove players but I think if it's a situation where he gets imprisoned for x amount of years and he's forced to retire then Football Index might be able to just remove him and uh, that would be a hell of a lot of money just wiped off from Football Index. Um, it really is unprecedented and it's it's kind of something that Football Index traders should keep an eye on whether they hold or they don't because it's an opportunity or a big risk.
1: Mm, definitely I mean what I would say is Football Index will will certainly have within their terms and conditions the the ability to remove a player, especially for criminal activity. So don't think as well if you're sort of thinking that they they can't do that, they definitely would be able to if if it goes that way.
0: Mm -hmm. And also Football Index would not be buying back a player that is worth effectively zero pounds um if, if it were to happen so uh something to to bear in mind there but um I, I think ollie i've had you on the on the line for long enough especially on a saturday evening i'm sure you've got better things to do but where can people find out a bit more about you
1: um so probably follow me on twitter is at ollie price Bates. o-l-i-p-r-i-c-b-a-t-s uh, that's where i'll be tweeting about football index and also Uh, reacting to Arsenal games and transfer rumours etc so yeah um, feel free to give me a follow don't abuse me like half the people did off the the back of your tweet Um, but if you've got any genuine questions I'm I'm happy to to answer them.
0: See guys he's a a decent chap like why why was there so much animosity I don't know Um, I I, I soon realised that one of those was actually my good mates who was was just taking the piss Um, who made a Twitter account Uh, specifically for it so thank you thank you very much george brooks for that um but guys if you were looking for video content rather than audio content then head over to my youtube channel it's just football index guide if you type in football index you'll probably find it uh 1300 subscribers now so thank you so much to every single person that's ever subscribed listened shared liked or whatever commented and uh look out for the newsletter as well which will be out uh sunday today when this goes out uh, uh, about midnight ready for your morning cup of tea or something like that uh, that's with footy index ldn and liam footy index lm so if you guys want to get involved with that uh subscribe and stuff uh just dm me or i can i can tweet it out for you and if you want to hear my voice talking about football uh just football not football index then head over to the state of play pod which is with matt santangelo where we dissect the ongoings uh, in europe and also the mls the the bridge between football and soccer as i like to call it uh, and if you want to collaborate or sponsor the podcast please hit me up at football.index.guide at gmail.com or just dm me if you want to my dms are always open if you guys have any questions and thanks so much in general for listening uh, have a great commute and also shout out to the guys that don't commute Uh, it's 2018 lots of people uh, work remotely lots of people don't work so uh, thank you very much everyone